1: Welcome to the Practical Prayer Podcast. I'm Carol Lawrence, here with Reverend Dr. Bill Marcioni.
2: Today we're going to talk about paying attention. And the notion behind paying attention is that used to be when we were kids in school, the teacher would say, pay attention. And that means that you should look over here and listen to what it is that they're saying. And that's still true. And we still sometimes ask people to pay attention or to give us their undivided attention but we're now kind of in an attention economy where we get all this free stuff on our phone, our screen, and the television channels and everywhere signs that are all offering us information or ideas or notions and requesting in exchange to have some of our attention. And so the idea of paying attention in an attention economy is that we're making an investment in whatever it is that we're paying attention to. So that's what we're going to talk about today.
1: As you were saying that, I was thinking, because I was thinking just that around that idea this week. And what I was thinking is that there is so much demand on our attention that we focus and get lost. We just, sometimes our trajectory gets lost in terms of what we really want, what we were doing. And so now I got to shift because there's a demand or a request for my attention over here, over here. So you, you s- seems to be, that's why I think meditation is helps us to remain focused or refocus.
2: Well, yeah, meditation is an opportunity for us to turn away from all of the distracting influences and just pay attention to one thing at a time. And even when we're paying attention to something as simple and basic as our breathing, breathe in, breathe out, breathe in, breathe out. When we let everything else fall away, then we get to be present in this present moment. That's why we use our breathings. We always breathe in the moment. You can't breathe for the future. And you certainly can't breathe in the past. So in a lot of ways, that's very helpful.
1: It's helpful on, on that same thought, because I want to get back to, you know, get back to what we were talking about or what you introduced in terms of making an investment But the meditation that you spoke about, I used to resent when I first, when I was learning to meditate, that breathing time, because it felt like, you know, come on, let's get it. (laughs) Let's get to it. Skip the breathing.
2: Let's do the meditation.
1: (laughs) Right. And whatever that was in my own mind, (laughs) let's get to it. But your mind is never empty. So when you're on the breathing, when you're breathing, it's just breathing on the least demanding thing, I think. You know, you're just... This is it. I mean, this is as empty and as slow and clear as it gets. Now, that's explaining it in a very awkward way. However, it's a place to start. And when you begin to talk about or consider the things that you're talking about, the investment of ourselves in terms of what's being demanded of us, our attention, it's really good to be able to have a starting place, you know, a go, a start that's not all mixed up and congested yeah
2: and you know, there are guided meditations that we can do lots and lots of them different types of guided meditations different patterns of breathing that we can do different activities we can be involved in physical meditative practices so mindful meditation taking a walk in the woods is different than sitting there on your purple pillow just breathing and it's all the idea behind all of it is to clear out the distractions and just to be present in the moment The number of times that I have been looking at my email and seen a message and there's something that I need to do. So I then switch over to my web browser so I can go and do that. I flipped through all the tabs to get to the one where the thing that was in the email is by the time I get there, I've been distracted by 17 other things. I can't for the life of me, remember what it was (laughs) when I came here to do that.
1: Yes, absolutely. And I thought that was
2: (laughs) age-based and I think that it's much less age-based and much more multitasking based.
1: Absolutely. Exactly. I was just feeling it when you were saying that because I say of my advanced age, I call them senior moments and I'll forget, you know, something. And then I'll tell my daughter about what I forgot. And she said, Ma, I do that all the time. So I'm thinking, okay, maybe it's not age based, but how many things can you think of at one time? And what you said interests me because you said that these things are vying for our attention And you use the term investment. Mm -hmm. So I would like to see, I'd like to hear where you're going with that.
2: The meditation that I did, what came up was the notion that if our attention were gold coins and we had a little pot full of gold coins that were our attention and every screen and every sign and every conversation had a coin slot, where would you be putting the coins? where would you be investing your attention? If it were actually something of value that you had and you got to direct it over here or over there, where would you be paying your attention? Mm. And Mm. it's valuable. It's got to be valuable. That's why all of these companies are giving stuff away in exchange for being able to have our attention for a little while.
1: Two things come to mind. One, I was also thinking this week about organization. So in, in terms of where you put your attention, or put your coin on the board, or whatever, however you want to describe it, it has to be within some organized structure in order for it to make sense or for the value to be experienced. If you're doing a whole lot of stuff, which most of us are doing, but then are we doing each thing well? Yeah. Or
2: So, yeah, that's what you mean is- by organization, is that there is some method to our madness and where it is that we're investing our attention. And ideally there is. Ideally, we're being methodical about what we're going to spend time doing and how we're going to use the attention coins that we've got. Or as I a lot of times talk about the minutes that we have in a day, 1,440 minutes a day, what are we going to do with each one of those? And it's nice to think that we are methodical and organized about (laughs) how we're going to be investing those. And sometimes I'm just like a bowl of popcorn popping here and popping there and off in all sorts of different directions. And there is no meaningfulness to what's going on. For me personally, that gets exhausting. It gets exhausting to continue to, to spend all of my time shifting gears rather than just making progress in a particular lane. Other people love jumping back and forth.
1: I was one of those other people. Maybe that other person is still there, but uh, (laughs) more and more, I see the value of, and it's simply prioritizing, I think, you know, and that's a word we don't like because it feels like if I put this at the top, then something else isn't important. But personally, I have found that I'm not, I'm less and less able to give my best when I'm all over the Mm -hmm. place. You know, what is it, because that's one of the things I have to do before we come on every week is to decide what windows to close. <laughs> so, <laughs> and I and I'm amazed sometimes at how many windows I have to close and before I can shut mm-hmm. down. And I'm thinking, you know, Lawrence, are you? Where what do these are you all doing? come
2: from? Why am it's, I looking at all this stuff?
1: Where does it well you I go to each one and they seem incredibly very, important. Very and I'm thinking, okay, you know, and it's got the right name, so I'm not afraid to close it. But then if I close it, am I going to forget to go back to it? And maybe I need it. And that's why the thing is all, you know, just so much. And today, you know, with the technical difficulties we're having, I'm wondering whether that's a part of or that's something saying to me that you've, you've got your computer is tired.
2: <laughs> well, there's an answer for that. It's like upgrade really? the software and buy a new computer.
1: Yeah, but wait a minute, though, you know, because maybe I have to do that with myself. Maybe I'm doing too much in this, you know, I'm not doing my best or I'm moving a little bit slow. And so you can tell me later or now how to upgrade my own personal <laughs> software. <laughs> that would be cool. But there's this similarity, I think, you know, in that. And it's difficult to do. It's difficult to adjust the focus or the... Where your attention goes because you said something else, you said giving you all this free information. Mm -hmm. Nothing is free, it's free information. What's the cost? Yeah, but what's the cost to me? Not in dollars and cents, but perhaps it's a cost of my intellectual pool being drained here, and I can't, I don't have what I need to put over here. So, you know, I'm wondering if I'm the one that leads us off into other worlds sometimes. Well, thank
2: God. It's not just me doing that. So we get to to share some of the credit or blame depending on how you want to uh, assign that. I spent a fair amount of time in my younger days working in the radio business and radio salespeople have one of the toughest jobs because they're not selling a thing. They're selling air and they're not even selling it. They're renting it for a little while. And the idea is that we can be interesting enough in the program that we put on the radio station, that people will listen to the commercials and then buy the stuff that the advertisers are selling in exchange for being able to hear the records and the jokes that we've got during the rest of the program. And it's a wonderful concept. Newspapers worked the same way. The subscription fees didn't even pay for the cost of printing and delivering the paper. It was all the advertising that they want to get in front of people's faces and there's an abstraction in that model that what we're doing is we're getting the news, we're getting the information, we're getting entertainment in exchange for the attention that we're putting into whatever the advertising message happens to be. And now the advertising messages come everywhere. They show up in all sorts of different spaces. You know, whenever there's a screen, there's going to be an ad on the screen or a message on the screen that somebody wanted to get there. You search for something on Google and the first three things that come up are the ones that people paid to have come up when somebody puts in the keyword that you put in. Well, is that really why you type something into Google?
1: No, I type it in. And as you said, anywhere. So you can pick Google. I'm going to
2: pick on Google. Yeah.
1: YouTube, anything. Okay. So now I don't want to see all that stuff. I don't. And I do get annoyed at times. But then I think it subliminally, it takes its place somewhere in the corner of your mind. So when you need a product, there it is, you saw it somewhere. And so you go back to it. So this value, you know, There's some value there if you want to look at it that way.
2: Yeah. Yeah. And there are so many streaming television services now that you have to pay for subscriptions to because they don't have advertising or don't have much advertising that the question becomes, am I getting enough value out of my subscription to this to make it worth continuing to subscribe? to pay for the, the content that either I would get for free if it were advertising supported, And the we're still working that out. We don't know.
1: Glad you mentioned that because I do have a subscription. I'll just say a subscription. And all of a sudden, maybe a couple of years ago, I got the subscription because it was supposed to be no ads. And then a couple of years ago, ads started mm-hmm. popping up. You know what? I would be interested to know how this affects millennials. When I was growing up, you'd have a commercial that would interrupt your television show. You either go make a sandwich or (laughs) get some juice, and you run back for the commercial. A little bit different now is when a commercial pops up, you can skip the ad after a second or two. Sometimes I forget to skip the ad, skip the thing. And I'll sit there, and I'm watching the whole commercial, a little ticked because the commercial was there, and I forgot that I could... I'm well, sorry, Carol. Ad. That
2: one's on you. And so
1: that, I, I know, I know it is because that's. <laughs> but I was going to say that's a throwback to when I was a kid. You had to watch the whole commercial. Now I have to think, like, you know. So that's a subconscious thing, though. I think.
2: Okay. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it is.
1: Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You gotta. I gotta turn it off. But I think there's some value in it. Fast forwarding to now, forgive me for going back to the first That's
2: I was actually, the part that I was thinking about, We were watching old movies and the one that was on <laughs> while dozing off to sleep last night. Remember, You've Got Mail, Nora Ephron movie from the 90s. Yeah. Yeah. With uh, Tom Hanks. And just listening to the sound of the dial-up modem connecting and somebody mm-hmm. is anticipating when they're going to be told that they have mail. And, you know, fast forward, you know, 20, 30 years where you're told instantaneously without even taking your phone out of your pocket, it's making a binging noise because you've got mail. And no one would ever wait that long to get a message, a plain old text message. Are you kidding? We're getting videos from people in less time than it used to take to make those dial-up connections because we're very impatient, because we want it all right now, even to the point where we sometimes forget that we don't have to watch the commercials.
1: But that goes to your paying attention. Mm -hmm. You know, how do I want my attention to be focus, how do I want to regulate my attention? And that's important. You know, like I keep my phone off, O-F-F (laughs) off, because I don't want it always, you know, it demands my attention. Somebody's always calling or texting. And I have a way of catching the ones that I want, but, you know, I just don't give my life over to the, you know, this culture that we live in that I have to respond when somebody demands. There you
2: go. Well, now you've given me a way of juxtaposing our spiritual life with our technology life and choosing what we're going to pay attention to. Let's take a break and get into that when we return. Is Reverend Bill letting you know that the Practical Prayer for Real Results class is now available on demand? That's right. You can take it at your own pace
1: Welcome back to the Practical Prayer Podcast. I'm Carol, here with Reverend Dr. Bill Marcioni. We're
2: talking today about paying attention. And the spiritual framework for that is the law of attraction. What we are paying attention to is that which we are attracting into our lives. And it works as a practical prayer where we set an intention and invite the infinite creative power that creates everything to create something new for us. And it works by worrying. If we focus on the stuff that we don't want, then we tend to encourage that to show up in our lives as well. And so the law is always working, whether it's giving us what we want or what we don't want. It's all, quote, good news because that's the law working. Extremely
1: exciting for me when I discovered the law of attraction that has always been working and always been there. But I'll just say on the side of the street where I was raised... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> in <laughs> in traditional in a traditional and religious whatever orientation yeah the law of attraction is not a discussion but when i discovered it and i read it it just makes everything makes so much sense you know it, what we are focusing our attention on is what we're attracting and when you talked about paying attention oh my goodness That means there's so much control that we have. Now, don't go to the control freak thing, okay? But (laughs) there's there's so much control that we have in a positive way about concerning what we bring into our lives and the direction that our energy, we should focus our energy. And it makes incredible sense, but it takes a minute. You know, it's like, I think that word you used earlier is an Mm -hmm. investment
2: we're paying attention, we're investing our attention, and that investment is going to lead to the yield, the return on investment, or what's going to show up in our lives.
1: Absolutely, absolutely. One of the courses that I teach is about financial management. And the one thing I always, I say to people, look at your bank account on your phone every single morning when you get up, every single morning. That'll do one or two things (laughs) and let you know where there's been some fraudulent activity. Or it will tell you if you spent some money yesterday that you shouldn't have. <laughs> so it focuses our attention and tells us the direction that we should go in that is beneficial to our goals.
2: Yeah. Look at your bank balance every day. It'll either inspire you or scare the hell out of you. Yeah. Either way, it's good, it's, though. It's nice to know. It is nice to know. The same idea about you now somebody who's paying attention to their body weighing themselves every day. Is it necessary to weigh yourself okay. every day? No. But if you're paying attention to that stuff, you might as well weigh yourself because that's a metric.
1: Okay. So can we not just go? No,
2: you don't like to weigh through. yourself?
1: Okay. No, sir. That's, that's... <laughs> no, but no, that's point. Take. Well, if
2: you're going to ever weigh yourself, you should do it all the time. And if you're never going to, then come up with a different metric. Yeah. No, you, know, point you get your take. regular clothes yeah. and then the clothes that have the stretchy waistbands. And we know that when we're <laughs> we start being drawn to the ones with the stretchy <laughs> waistbands, it's like, all right, time to do something different.
1: All of my girlfriends out there that are listening, (laughs) they do not want to talk about this, okay? (laughs) Right? Okay, put it in the chat. We don't want to talk about this. Okay, fine. But you're right.
2: So we'll talk about my experience with Noom some other time, and now we'll talk about the secret, seeing as how we're flashing back to things that happened in the past. Remember when the movie The Secret came out, Rhonda Byrne, and, you know, they're chasing around and they're talking about this secret and the law of attraction and how, you know, this has been around forever and it's been hidden and I'd been a new thought for a while at that point. I was perplexed. It's like, this isn't a secret. <laughs> we talk about this every Sunday. That's what the classes are about. There's no secret. Here. But again, she hooked our attention and gained quite a bit of notoriety by making something that was well known into a secret.
1: Well, you know, that's probably another discussion, but that is incredibly interesting as well, because you said you talk about that every Sunday. I was a pastor for thirty years. You did not talk about that every Sunday, and never you talk talked
2: about that on no Sundays. Right? And
1: I was going to, and I was going to say, even before I formally took the pulpit, I'm in front of the microphone and never spoke about it, yep. ever. And I'm not even sure that it's a thing that people know about. It's there, of course. You know, it's not something that was made up. It's always been there. But the language and what it the reality of it, the definition and how it works and all that? No. Well,
2: it's all a paraphrase of what's, you know, right there in Scripture, which, you know, as you believe, so it's done. That's the law of attraction. Yes. Well, you got to... You have to explain and understand and be willing to dive into it, though.
1: Yes. And see, I wonder, because you know this stuff, you know, I think you take for granted because you know it is second nature to you. And for me, it's like, okay, wait a minute now. (laughs) We're going to discuss this. (laughs) And then we're going to connect other scriptures to it. it's, yeah, it's a wonderful thing to, I'm sure, to have been come up in that theology.
2: But for others, it's a yeah, And I didn't actually come up in a theology. I didn't discover New Thought until I was in my mid-30s. And what happened was I ran away from organized religion when I was 12. I had little gift Bible for my confirmation. And I realized I didn't believe enough to be able to Mm. stand up and say, I believe this. So I ran away. I spent 20 years like wandering through a spiritual desert with no framework for this stuff whatsoever. And I found new thought through religious science and realized that the stuff that I believe, there were other people who believed it. And there were books and there were songs and there were groups and there was a whole thing. And then I started going to, to taking classes and learning about this. And as I evolved and grew, I started to be a little, I was going to say willing. I wasn't willing. I was less unwilling to go look at some of the books and materials that I had put away previously and got myself to the point where I could talk about God without being allergic to the word God. And then I could open up the Bible and read the Bible. And then eventually I got myself a red letter Bible where everything that Jesus supposedly says in red letters. And that was the eye opener for me because when I read that, knowing what I now know about New Thought, it's like, he's speaking my language. He's saying exactly what I've been saying and everybody else in New Thought has been saying. He's just Jesus. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> yes. <laughs> it just makes it believable on a whole different level.
1: It does. I was talking to my husband the other night about the Bible and different interpretations of it and how I was indoctrinated. And I had every Bible you could imagine. Oh, my goodness. Every one of them. But the interpretations were the same. So I'm thinking I got all this stuff, and it's just like Schofield reference Bible, the Ryrie, you know, Thompson Chain. All of them are the same traditional interpretation, King James and all of that. Then you wander off, and stumble into something else and like, okay, is this okay to read? (laughs) And I remember when I just I can tell you, I discovered the NIV in the seventies and the pastor would say, now, I don't know if you could read this one. You know, this is some of these out here. And now I'm looking back thinking, please, you know, get them all, line them all up and let's do a comparison. But then you, you stumble over into new thought or a new thought, it may be anywhere, and it's not all that different. I call it, you know, and I'm probably gonna get beat up by my traditionalist friends, but that's okay. I always say, you know, the Bible gives you the headlines and you got to go to new thought for the bullet (laughs) point. (laughs) There you go. Get the, you know, it's like a headlines and then you got to read the story on the next section of the newspaper. And that's cool yeah. to
2: do you know my explanation of the bible in a different context is that it's the boy scout handbook of life and it's the same thing the boy scout handbook will give you a very tiny bit of information about a lot of different subjects but there's a whole bunch of detail you can get a doctorate on every section so, so it's yeah there's the fact that you read the bible even if you memorize the bible doesn't mean you have the whole story because there's subtlety and subtext
1: and There's some magic in the word thought and thinking. that's another broadcast, I'm sure. But (laughs) we have so many broadcasts in one. But yeah, how about thinking about this? Nothing is going to happen to you if you think about it in two or three different ways. My favorite term for me is cross the street and look at it from this perspective. And then go across the street the other way and see what you see. Nothing's going to happen to you. If you don't like it, you're going to run back to the curve where you yep. started. I
2: don't know if you've ever been to one of the studio tours for Universal Studios or Disney or one of the others. I have them in California and in Florida. And you drive down the street and it's New York and you drive down another street and it's the Wild West. And you drive down another street and it looks different. And you go behind the buildings and there's no buildings. It just looks right. that way from the front. Yeah. And on the one hand, it's a little. it can be disillusioning that there's no substance behind that beautiful facade. On the other hand, if there's no substance behind the facade, wouldn't you rather know? <laughs> wouldn't it be good to know that?
1: <laughs> that's a dangerous okay. question well, because some people would like not to know. You know, but once you know, you can't unknow. That's true.
2: Pay no attention to the man behind the curtain. Let's take another break, and when we return, we will conclude with a prayer about investing our attention.
0: Get inspiration in an instant. God calls are the gentle and uplifting moment of truth to help you remember that the bright light of God's love is shining right now, as you. It's your God call with Reverend Bill. Start your two-week free trial today, and you'll get a phone call four times a week from Reverend Bill with an uplifting half-minute message filled with insight, wisdom, story, and fun.
2: Let your light shine.
0: You can answer the call to listen to it live, or let it go to voicemail so you can hear it later. After the free trial, your subscription is just $5.95 a month. The details are at GodCall.org. God Calls are disruptive, intentionally.
2: Whenever you write something, put on a gold
0: star. They take you away from your routine to remind you about the truth of who you really are. They come at random times between 8.15 a.m. and 6 p.m., so you won't be expecting them. And somehow, the message is exactly what you need to hear at the time.
2: Magic is loose in the world.
0: It's a moment of motivation in the middle of your day. Find out more and start your two-week free trial now.
1: Welcome back to the Practical Prayer Podcast. I'm Carol here with Reverend Dr. Bill Marcione,
2: having a wonderful conversation about paying attention and that being the attention that we invest in the things that we are wanting to bring into our lives. And it ties in with the law of attraction and it ties in with the ability to create an experience according to our beliefs. So let's do a prayer about guidance and insight and next perfect steps as we are investing our attention. And the metaphor that we use is that if if our attention were a bag of gold coins, and each time that we were attracted to pay some attention to a screen or to a book or to an article or to a pundit or a movie or whatever, that we had to put in one of those coins into the coin slot and give it away in exchange for whatever it is that was vying for our attention. How would we invest our attention? So the first thing to do is to turn away from all of the distractions in the world around us and turn to that one infinite intelligence, that one divine source, that one love that shares itself as all of its creation. It's God or nature, it's spirit, it's the infinite. It is that one creative power that has created and continues to create everything, everyone, everywhere. That one divine creative presence is sharing itself right now as each of us individualizations of that one mind and so each of us is fully endowed with the ability to think with that one mind to use that divine intelligence to make good choices to choose where to pay our attention and to choose well and so i know that as each one has the opportunity to glance or look or stare or dive in to a new opportunity, a new invitation to pay attention to something, That we're choosing well, that we are investing that valuable resource of our attention in a way that brings more good, more uplift, more joy, more harmony, more pleasantness into life. There is no need to be hooked into things that don't serve us. There is no need to squander our attention. There is no need to be ripped off by organizations, people who wish to grab our attention for their own purposes and are willing to take something valuable in exchange for something that's not nearly as valuable to us. So I know that each one is choosing well, each one is divinely guided as to how best to invest that attention, when to pay attention and bring focus and clarity to a topic, to pursue something in depth, to achieve insight and wisdom and guidance and new awareness from that endeavor. And when to release the attention to all of those things around us and focus on simply being. Whether it's a meditative practice or an openness and an allowing, to not necessarily be distracted and attentive to stuff outside of ourselves all the time that delicious balance point is available for each of us and for all of us and i'm grateful for it i'm grateful for the wonderful way this is coming about i'm grateful for the new peace of mind and harmony that we're each experiencing as we achieve that new balance point as we experience that sweet perfection of investing our attention and reaping the rewards in a way that brings uplift and good and joy and harmony to us to those around us and to our world. And so with gratitude for this good, I speak this word and I release it into that creative law. The one that always says yes. And I know without any question, that it's once again saying yes, this good is underway now. So I let it be and so it is.